Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your ears do not deceive you. You've just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to another episode of Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and I have uh, two creators on the podcast today to talk about their new comic book. Uh, One is a returning guest. Uh, you may remember the episode with Anas Abdulhaq, um, and they are back with artist Dennis Menhira, and they are uh, going to talk about their new comic book, uh, Etheris, from SourcePoint Press. It is out March 22nd, 2023. Um, I've been lucky enough to to read this. It is a fascinating comic book. Um, I don't think there's too many things like this out on the shelves right now. Um, in addition to its poetic style, it is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Dennis's artwork, I'm, I'm so excited to talk to Dennis because it is it is haunting. Um, I've seen it described as ethereal uh, on Twitter, and I don't even know if if that's high enough praise for how much I, I love the look of this comic. So, Anes, Dennis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. It's good to be back. <laughs> so um yeah so let's just jump right in and um I, I guess kind of talk to me about the development of this story it's it's very unique um it, uh you know I'll, I'll let you tell the listeners you know what it is about uh, they, they'd much rather hear from you um so kind of tell me uh, you know and about the development of this kind of story in terms of its poetic style and you know what it was you we're trying to capture with it. I mean, I think it's very successful and um, I just was enthralled by it, but, but go ahead. Let's tell, tell folks what they're, they're getting into when they go to their local comic shop and pick up uh, Etheris. Sure thing. Um, so Etheris uh, really began as a series of poems. Um, it ha- I just started writing them back in 2019, shortly after my dad's passing. And I was trying to process a lot of that pain and, you know, death has something that's been around in my life for a very long time, being from where I am, from Syria. So it's just something that I've had to live with. And that always like sparks up questions of like, what's, what's, gonna, what's, what's after, what's next? Um, 
you know, in the afterlife? Uh, am I good enough? Am I doing good enough? Am I being a good person? Am I going to end up in a good place? Or, you know, all those sorts of questions. And I really wanted to tackle those. So the poems just started as a way to just process that pain. And they later grew to a story that I wanted to tell about this, this experience, this, you know, person who is not um, good enough to end up in any other place, you know? And that's how Valerie's story came up. Uh, Valerie is a woman who, you know, died recently. And she wakes up and finds herself in a realm where souls go when they don't belong anywhere else. No heaven, no hell, just this realm called Atheris. And there she has to like come face to face with her pain and her trauma and her own self-loathing and to process the question of why she believes she deserves to be there. Uh, yeah, one of the things that struck me is that um, with other depictions of you know, the afterlife or what might be next or, 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 or purgatory. Um, I felt the story was very unique in how it, 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 it kind of felt like Valerie was creating the world like of, of her own. Like it was a, a, almost a kind of a prison of her own making was the sense I got, you know, throughout of it, throughout it's, part of it. It's exactly that. It's exactly that. We tried to be kind of vague about it, but as you go on through the story, all those trials that she experiences, and the you know the suffrage that she she goes through, it is of her own making. It is her punishing herself because she like does dislikes herself so much. And it is for her to you know ask herself those questions. Like when you're faced with that pain and that's kind of like your reflection that you hate so much, you have to ask yourself, but why though? Like why do I have all this hatred towards myself? And then you know when she looks back toward at those trials, they're they're gone. Like they were never there to begin with because it's you know as you've mentioned it's a realm of her own making and it's her pain that she's carrying. Wow. That, I mean, it's a, it's a very powerful story. I'm very, I'm sorry about the loss of your father. I didn't know that that's how this, these poems were, were born from that. Thank you. It's, it's been a while. I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm good now, but it was very cathartic actually to, you know, use that pain and try to convert it into like a powerful story in that way, just to help me heal. And then it, it Dennis, how did, uh, you and uh, Ness connect for this, you know, for this project to, 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 you know, to start working on it. Well, um, kind of a funny story because, uh, I don't know, it was a kind of a, a stars aligning kind of thing, uh, because, um, after going through some, some, some personal stuff, including the, the passing of my mother, uh, uh, like two and a half years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, all right. Uh, all right. It's all right. I was like, um, man, I got to do something with my life. You know, I, I decided I wanted to chase my boyhood dream of being a comic book artist. And, uh, but I had no practice or anything. I didn't have any, um, examples of sequential art or anything. So I just decided to post something on a Facebook group, um, almost anonymous, anonymously. And, uh, I had a bit of fan art, like just Spider-Man stuff. And, but you can post that on there. So I, I, I was like, all right, so I want to make comic books. If anybody's interested in the, you know, working with me, then please hit me up. <laughs> and uh, Anna's did. Uh, he looked at my, my Instagram profile, which had some, some, some of those uh, fan art pictures I mentioned. And he was like, Hey, are you interested in, in working together? And I was like, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, we weren't going to work on this book actually, but you know, uh, stuff happened. And, um, Anna said, Maybe we should do Ethers together. And I read the the script, or at least partially, and I was like, "Well, well yeah, this this is uh, my my jam. So uh, let's go." That's basically 
how it all started. It's remarkable how, you know, that type, like a, a post like that can lead to something like this. I mean, I, I read, you know, before I try and do a little bit of, you know, background before I jump into interviewing someone on a podcast. And I, I read, you know, that, that you, it seemed you, you hadn't had much like experience in terms of the, like, you know, published comic books, which was shocking to me. Um, uh, there's a few panels in Etheris, one in particular that is so well done. Um, it's, I, I don't, to describe, just to describe it, I don't want to show it, but there is a, a, a section where there are three like inset panels of Valerie's eyes. Right, um, yes. It's about a little more than halfway through the comic. And it was just amazing in terms of the facial acting, the expression there. It's, it's, it was remarkable. Um, I loved it. Um, That was actually not in the script. That's all Dennis. I'm going to give him credit for that one. (laughs) It's it's so well done. Um, It would seem like you, you know, you've been doing it for, you know, at least sequential art for years and years. I have to imagine you got your start, uh, you know, as an artist, fairly young. How did you begin? Well, I, I've been drawing all my life. Uh, if, if if you would talk to my family, they would tell you that at birthday parties, I was just in a corner with a with a notepad and a pencil, <laughs> drawing. You know, so uh, I've been drawing all of my life. But I just um, I did I didn't think I was good enough to to be in comic books. Uh, also, uh, I'm, I'm not from the U.S., so uh, it it seemed like an impossibility for me. So I, I just never, you know, really came to mind that it would be a possibility to to even get into comic books. So, um, yeah, then, of course, there's the advent of the Internet and then it, it all was possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, but no, I, I didn't start drawing uh, at this age. I, I have been drawing all my life. Uh, I, I have a whole lot of comic books in my collection. So I've been reading a lot of comic books and, you know, studying them mostly. And um, I've been studying artists a lot. And uh, uh, animation helps as well, you know, just that that those three panels you mentioned mentioned is basically just animation but in panels it's just uh it's basically uh how you would um how you would do it in animation as well so i just right. studied it at I, right this is my first comic book but not my my first drawings or anything sure and i i mean in terms of like being a, a longtime reader of of comic books. I mean, do you have comic book artists in particular that you that have inspired you that you drew inspiration from in terms of your like sequential artwork and storytelling? Well, not specifically for this book. I have a lot of artists that inspire me, but um, they they it's not really like they do a lot of this kind of stuff. Um, it was mostly because, uh, like you mentioned there needed to be an ethereal kind of um feeling so i tried to portray that as much as possible and that that really doesn't come from uh comic book artists per se but there's um a lot of artists that i really admire that i i can't hope to approach um I, actually one of my main things that i think i need, should improve on is like panel layouts and uh, stuff like that so it's kind of hard to to answer that question for me I wouldn't know who I would point to if if you ask me mm-hmm. uh, who's your big inspiration for Etheris. I, I have no idea. Well, yeah, I, I was just curious if there was anyone in particular, but um, I, I mean, I, I really liked 
I had, I think it would have to be kind of tough in terms of, you know, paneling something like this that is so poetic. Um, but there is, there's a lot of it, especially towards the end, that is just, I mean, just remarkable. I mean, um, I really uh, liked a lot of the choices in terms of the paneling, especially because there's d- different times that are like offset and you use a lot of the, the, the space around, um, in particular, uh, when there's a scene where Valerie's kind of climbing a mountain, um, which I thought was, you know, in, in particularly, you know, very, very well done. So, um, thank you. Kudos to you. <laughs> um, so, Ines, working with um, uh, something like this in terms of the the poetic nature of it, and I know we talked before when you were first on the podcast about uh, Alutha Romania, um, mm-hmm. which also was, you know, a very poetic, I think, as well. Um, I mean, do you prefer to to work in that type of style and bridging bridging poetry and comic books rather than maybe a more I mean, traditional, you know, narrative storytelling? Uh, well, I think Etheris is going to be the last poetic kind of comic book that I'm going to do for a while. Everything that I have lined up, everything that I'm working on is very much narrative. Um, and I've seen, like, the the difference on working between the two. And I feel like there's a certain, there's an ease that comes with working on, with a poetic kind of book because you just have to provide a visual aid for the poem. And the poem does the heavy lifting. But when it comes to a more narratively driven story, you kind of have to like go with it. You know, you have to tell the story in both the visual medium and the the narrative. Uh, with poems, it's a lot more loose. You can just, you know, as you've seen in Etheris, we have splash pages that tell a lot. And there's just like a whole poem that, you know, can be visually interpreted in many different ways. But we chose a certain kind of image to, co- to coincide with that poem because it encapsulates the feeling that we were trying to deliver. And I feel like that's something that you can't really do with <laughs> narrative stories. You have to like really use the visuals as an aid. Um, I've enjoyed working on these, you know, weird books so far, you know, Eleutheromania, Objects in the Mirror and Etheris work, the kind of stories that I wanted to put out there first, just show what I am as a, as a creator. Mm-hmm. And um, everything that I'm going to be working on from now on is very much different. And, you know, uh, Dennis always says that it's a lot like he's, he's, you know, he's always reading everything that I'm working on. So he's always telling me that there's like a lot of versatility in my work. So I'm looking forward to people seeing a different side of what I can do. And um, hopefully they like it just as much as the poetic stuff. Yeah. And um, not to say that, you know, Etheris isn't narrative storytelling, but, uh, you know, in, in terms of dialogue, maybe would have been a better way to put it because certainly, um, you know, with the poem uh, and the visuals, it it does tell a you know a narrative story. Um, one of the things I was thinking in terms of like writing comics, you know, I've you always heard if you're going to have like a narrative caption or or something, um, you don't need to have the narration be exactly what the picture is because you're you're showing the folks. It's a visual medium, so you don't need yeah. to also have them read it. And I'm like, well, um, you, you don't have a problem with that with this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because, you know, even though we're seeing it, it's it's really about Valerie's inner thoughts and what she's experiencing. And, you know, I worked with Michelle Abinader, who edited the book um, from The Color of Always. And so she really helped me, like, you know, cut a lot of the fat and just, you know, make it really punchy 
in terms of the monologue and the and the narration. You know, she would she would often say like, okay, we are seeing this, so maybe we don't need to comment on it, but maybe mm-hmm. keep the comments that really need to be there to to deliver like the story better. And that's what we did. You know, Michelle really helped uh, hone the story when it comes to the narrative. And um, for the poems, she really just gave me like a whole boost. And she was like, I'm not going to touch those poems. They're perfect as they are. So you do you. I don't think there's a single thing that needs to be changed. And I really, I needed that. Yeah. And um, uh, it, one of the other things I want to comment on is from the, the lettering. D- DC Hopkins uh, yeah. lettered the comic? Yes. Uh, DC is such a fantastic letterer. He really is. He, you know, when we, when we approached him, um, I, we wanted something that was going to give like those Sandman vertigo vibes, kind of like a journal, uh, you know, journal entries for, for the poems. And he really delivered on the aspect and it really sells the whole aesthetic that we were going for. Mm-hmm. And so talk to me more in terms of like the collaboration between you and, and Dennis and Dennis, I want to hear, you know, from you as well, when you got this script, um, was it, you know, everything kind of like laid out in terms of the visual or did you have a lot of opportunity to kind of interpret the poem, um, you know, for, for your artwork? Um, well, Anas, he gave me, I wouldn't say super detailed descriptions, but a, a good general overview of what he wanted to see in the, the, in the, the panels and the, the poems. But there was always room for interpretation or uh, if I, I said, you know, I think this would work better or what, what do you think of this? That there was always uh, room for that very much. So, yeah. So it was, uh, I didn't have to think of everything from, from scratch, but there was also space for me to, you know, do my thing. Yeah. It, my, my scripts are always like, I, I line them out. I, I, I outline them. I have each panel and which angle that I think would be best suited for that and everything. But I'm always like telling Dennis, like, if you see something, because you're the artist, if you see something that could work better, you have 100% leeway to do so as you please. Uh, because I trust his vision as well. I wouldn't be working with him if I didn't love what he's creating and will love his vision for the for the medium. Yeah, and um, Dennis, you, you colored it as well? Yeah, I did. Was, uh, yeah. I- I think the the most important aspect of the book, actually, the the colors. I think that uh, that is what sets the mood for every scene and every panel. Um, like, if I get contacted now for work, I always, I'm always like, can I do the coloring, please? Because I think it's just part of the, the whole the whole picture. I know, I know, it's not really standard in in comic books to to do your own colors. Uh, there's there's examples of people that that do, obviously, but uh, for me, it's. I think it's just one thing. the The line work and the colors is just a whole picture, and especially for this book, it's it's really important that uh, the colors match the mood, or vice versa. And uh, it's something we discussed a lot too, like um, you know, what 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 color would suit this this uh, type of um, scene and mood. And uh, yeah, so coloring is. Uh, I love coloring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, y- y- there's some comic books in terms of you know. Uh, I think in terms of coloring, where coloring is a complement to the artwork, but I agree. You're, the coloring work here really, really does so much for the mood and the tone, and it's such an interesting color palette. Um, it's not, you know, it's not like it's not super bright, it's, but it's not, you know, like overly dark. It, it's a very interesting kind of tone throughout that really adds to um, this story. And there's a couple of times where there is like 
white and it really stands out because of just how interesting the um the color palette is through all this i mean it's like uh i don't like a dream i guess is the best way i could you know describe it um I, I have I haven't seen what what what's after this life, if anything. So I, a dream is the the closest I could compare it to. Sure. <laughs> um, Dennis, what type of things do you you know do you like to draw? Do you have like a, a like, this is my thing. This is I if if a story has this in it, is there something like that? Um. Uh, yeah, the, and I like drawing most stuff. There's there's usually more or less stuff that I don't like drawing, <laughs> okay. um, you know, but yeah, um, I like, uh, I like drawing the, the human figure is uh, something I, I like drawing. I like, um, like I said, with the coloring, I like portraying moods, um, be it very dark or very bright or very happy or whatever, uh, um, environments I like drawing. I like drawing uh, space stuff or noir stuff or like horror stuff or, it doesn't really matter. I'm not a big fan of drawing guns. Uh, okay. Or usually um, things that are very technical. That is, I like to have a loose hand, you know, with the liners and the straight stuff. Mm -hmm. Not my favorite, but, uh, you know, when, when the script wants me to draw a gun, I'll draw a gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's no fair. Um, no anthropomorphic animals? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, I I think we we joked around about like doing an anthropomorphic <laughs> book, and then I was like, yeah, nope. so, uh, I wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, Ines, in terms of um, you know, this book coming out March twenty second with, with Source Point Press, how did the two of you um connect with uh with uh, Source Point? Uh, we did the standard pitching process, just like through the submission form on their website. Uh, we did a whole round of submissions to a bunch of publishers, and SourcePoint was the only and the first one to get back to us and say that they're interested. Okay. Yeah, so it was kind of like a, a really good feeling. We were scared that we were not going to get picked up. You know, um, in this industry, a lot of it is based on you know the, the kind of name that you bring to the table, what, who you are as a creator, and if you know mm -hmm. if you're popular or if you're well connected, et cetera, et cetera. So we were scared that. You know, being first-time published creators or trying to get published, uh, we would not get uh, picked up at all. Dennis, this is Dennis's first book, and I've had only at that point one self-published comic book. So, who who are we? You know, uh, thankfully, SourcePoint was very very impressed with the book. They were like, we, we you know our our schedule is stacked, but we want to figure out a way to publish this book. We want it, and this was back in August, I think August of 2022. I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they said that 2023 is mostly full for them right now. So we, they don't even know if there's going to be a slot for the book to come out until like late 2023. But thankfully, something opened up for us and we just whoop, swooped in and now we're coming out in March. Yeah, that, yep. I mean, that's. It's that's you don't hear very often in terms of that type of quick turnaround. So that's, you know, kind of remarkable. Um, how long have the two of you been been working like on it collectively? uh january 2022 that's when we began okay oh wow so it, it's been a, it's been over a year at this point <laughs> yeah yeah i still had a day job still that. <laughs> well 
it still doesn't feel like a, a lot of time in terms of the, I mean, the, the 30 or so pages. I mean, that's, I, I feel like that's um kind of remarkable. You hear some creative teams working on comic books, you know, in terms of a lot longer. Um, but yeah, I, I really love the story. So I, I wish you to the, you know, the best of luck when it comes out with, um, on March 22nd with source point. Uh, so excited. That's great. It's, uh, it's going to be really surreal seeing like our work on comic book shelves, something that we both dreamed of for so long. It's like a bucket list item getting ticked off. Mm-hmm. So I'm Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so uh, in terms of um, reading comics, you know, and I know Dennis, you talked about it and, um, and that's, and I've talked about it before, but kind of what comics are you a fan of? Like what was what was what made you want to be like a comic book artist to have that dream of seeing a book that you you know your artwork is in on a comic book shelf? Were there comic books that were kind of like uh, essential to your de- development, or just that that you know you inspired that dream? I guess for me, uh, well, it kind of changed throughout the years, or, or expanded, I should say. Uh, like I'm recategorizing my collection right now <laughs> and there's a lot okay. of comic books that I haven't read in 10 years and I was like oh I remember that oh and uh, that was awesome but uh, you know my first comic books were the, the usual stuff uh, Spider-Man um, Infinity Gauntlet was one of the first comic books I read uh, when it came out and uh, or came out in the Netherlands I should say and mm-hmm. uh, afterwards a lot of uh, Silver Surfer I love Silver Surfer a lot um, Mostly Marvel stuff, and then transitioned to a bit of Batman. I was a huge Spawn fan when I was fourteen, you know. And uh, <laughs> as um, as all fourteen year olds are, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, it's been you know, I think the 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 stuff that's been coming out from Spawn the last years is is, a, is pretty solid. Um, but you know, yeah. Afterwards, I transitioned into. Uh, I wouldn't say indie stuff per se, but you know, Watchmen, um, uh, Alan Moore stuff, uh, Sandman, and uh, mm-hmm. right now I'm mainly focused on indie stuff because I think that is a very that that that's just an interesting uh, side of comics. It's like stories that people actually want to tell themselves instead of uh, you know having to be conformative to uh, the standards of a, of a company, which is fine by the way. So um, yeah. I'm, I try to read most of everything. There's stuff I don't uh, read, but for me, it was just uh, all superhero comics. Just uh, when I saw them for the first time, I was just I, w- I was just blown away. Didn't matter to me what I would be drawing as long as I could get <laughs> to do comic books. You know, <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, uh, Ines, is there anything you're reading right now that um, you're really enjoying? Are you, do you have time amongst making your own to still read? I was just talking to Dennis about this. I'm like, you know, yearning for for some some, some space to be able to like dive back in. I used to pick up yeah. almost every Marvel title. And I have not read a single Marvel comic book since July of last year. And I'm so far behind and I'm seeing all these events happening. And I'm like, gosh, what is even Immoral X-Men? That looks so cool. But I have no I, idea either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the time to sit and read as much as I used to, but I still read some indie stuff. I try to like pick up every now and then. I've been reading um, Die for the past few months now. It's taking me forever to get through, but it's such a beautiful book. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, and I read my friends' work, of course. They keep sending me their stuff, and I'm always, you know, inspired and impressed by the beautiful things that they're creating. One of my favorites mm-hmm. from, like, the indie community is, you know, And We Love You by Felhound, which is coming out very soon from Scout. Uh, yeah, there's Rage Room by Max Pinelli, which is fantastic as well. So much good stuff coming out. Yeah, I do. I do love, I mean, the indie comics community since I've kind of, you know, stumbled across indie creators in on Twitter and now, you know, interviewing folks for Comic Book Yeti. Um, I, I, I really love how supportive they are. And I really love the comics that a lot of indie, you know, creators are are making. It's just, you know, just some fascinating stuff out there. And whether or not it's on Kickstarter or Zoop or Crowdfunder, one of the other platforms, or getting picked up by a publisher. Yeah, there really is some some cool stuff. Yeah, Fellhound will, will break your heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Phil and I were, have been joking because the Etheris and and We Love You comes come out around the same time. So we've been okay. calling Dead Girl Winter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Both our are dead, basically. Yeah. Um I, morbid, but maybe uh, appropriate. <laughs> um yeah, uh, it, I you mentioned Die. I I read Die and it with uh, Kieran Gillen and um Stephanie Hans, uh, yes. which is yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, the the references in Die it can be a, a challenging read, but um, I, so worth it. That's another comic that is tells a fantastic story and so much about like the mechanics of gameplay and uh, Stephanie's artwork is just. Is gorgeous, I, so. I really want to play the, t- the tabletop game that they released on Kickstarter. It looks like if, if it's anything like the comic book, I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic game, and I really want to get to get a chance to play it. Yeah, I, I mean the back matter in terms of that comic book, um, talking about game mechanics in general, and different articles about um, like role playing games and, and tabletop stuff, and to see that they you know kickstarted that. I haven't played it yet, but it it does sound like it would be like it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And so, um, Dennis, uh, I, I have to imagine that once folks really start seeing this in some of your other works, I think I saw a cover that you did for, um, was it Gilgamesh Eternal number two? Um, yeah. I have to imagine you're going to be very, very busy soon. So um, <laughs> are there other things that you're you're working on yet? That you want to talk I'm, about? I'm working on, I've been working on things, yes. <laughs> I don't think I'm at liberty to speak about any of them. But yeah, since we've been putting out stuff, um, my inbox is uh, getting pretty full. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that was I, point, I, you know? yeah, that is that is the point. I have to imagine it it would be. Um, how have you kind of yeah, I mean, since you said you started posting, I think, on 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 Facebook and it kind of like like led to this or, or Instagram. Um, how have you kind of found the indie comics community? Oh, it's all Twitter for me. I'm okay. not on Facebook, uh, that, that Facebook uh, account I made, especially for that post I mentioned, uh, <laughs> uh Instagram is just a mystery to me. I, I do not get followers. I do not get, you know, interactions or anything. It's all Twitter. It's just, uh, posting an image, uh, being nice to people is, uh, is important. Supporting other people's work. And, uh, that's basically, uh, how I find new people in the comics uh, business. <laughs> but it's beautiful because when I was a lot younger, that was so abstract to me. How would you, you know, talk to editors and other creators? That was just very abstract to me as a guy. 
coming from the Netherlands, which is very right. far away from from the United States, which is where all the comic books I liked are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there's true. good European comics, obviously, but right. So the fact that Twitter exists and I can just uh, send anyone a message and you know they might respond to you or they might send me a message is just very very cool does the netherlands i mean because i i don't know um does the netherlands have like a like a its own particular like comic book scene yeah but it's uh you can't compare it to uh to american comics at all the 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 belgian and the, the french comic books and italian and uk books are more or less along the lines of american ones but uh, the dutch ones are they're they're like IPs that have existed for forty plus years, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with the same creators and uh, people read it, uh, of course, but uh, it's just very very different. Okay, yeah, I was just kind of curious. Um, uh, and so, <clears throat> do you do either of you? One of the things I I, I wanted I like to ask in terms of do do either of you enjoy or you know suffer through the the marketing process like that that's one of the things i'm always curious in terms of indie comic creators who a lot of them i think you know love comic books love making comic books but sometimes struggle with like the the marketing self-promo side of it how have the two of you found it now um having to do you know press and podcasts and things like this for etheris <laughs> i I, th- I think it's my least favorite thing about making comics is marketing um, you know, it's like a, you have a full-time job and then you have another full-time job just marketing the comic book that you've, you know, you've made. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of effort, a lot of unresponded emails and, you know, waiting and being ghosted. Um, you know, thankfully there are, there are platforms or, you know, communities that do help elevate voices and just are very welcoming towards newer creators. And they want to like actually give them a platform. Uh, you know, not not like brown nosing, but Yeti included. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot of those bigger websites that they really do have the reach that you require just don't really cover creators that aren't, a, you know, a household name. Mm-hmm. And so it's been kind of tough. You know, mm-hmm. we we managed to get on AIPT because I actually worked with someone who works in marketing, and you know, we were able to like reach and use their connections to get on AIPT, and that was a huge win for us. Oh, that's awesome. How about you, Dennis? How do you find this aspect of it? Well, I'm just happy I'm not doing it by myself. I think uh, <laughs> we do stuff together. He's a, he's a better talker than I am, and uh, I, I get sometimes I get reprimanded because I'm being too Dutch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, wait, what does that, that mean? Time. It means what that. Is, uh, what does that sometimes, mean? Sometimes I uh, I can be a bit blunt about things when I don't okay. agree with something. <laughs> in interviews, for instance, like when people ask me a question, I don't usually say yes. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> Sometimes it's <laughs> very Dutch. Um, okay. But I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I think it's slightly easier for me than for Anis because um, I, I do visual stuff, of course, and um, I can just post an image in it, and people can immediately see if they like it, yes or no. And for a writer, that's that's harder, um, especially when you're not established and people have to you know make a real effort to to read your stuff uh, instead of just hey it's a picture i like it or i don't mm-hmm. you know so uh it's it's that that part is easier um but yeah there's a lot of uh you know drawing comic books is pretty intense it, it, it takes a lot of time and then also you gotta continuously talk to people which also takes a lot of time 
there's a there's a time zone difference for us too, so I have to do it uh, in at nighttime usually. Uh, I have a family and a daughter, <laughs> you know, uh, so um, it's it's pretty exhausting. But um, I think I think we've worked hard at the marketing side of things too. You know, uh, not gave up. I think um, I, I I haven't seen any numbers or anything, but I I hope that people read the book and that's that that would be not just because it's a fun book, but also because we worked very hard to get it to to people. Especially honest because because he does most of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. No one gets excited when you just post like a picture of pages of a script. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope folks. I hope folks find it too. Um, I think it's. I just. I just like stuff that I don't see a lot of. Right. I mean, no, look. There's a plenty of like superhero books. Uh, not to knock them. I've I've read a bunch of them. I, I love a lot of them. I mean, I love all kinds of comic books. I mean, my shelf to the left of me over here and is just filled with all kinds of different stuff. I mean, I was trying to catch up on my to-be-read pile yesterday, and there was just a, a, a lot of different things in it, from indie comics to um, some of the DC Black Label books I really like. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy stuff that I just don't see... A lot of and um yeah i mean dennis your artwork is like it's just in- incredible i mean not just like you've been drawing your whole life but i mean your visual storytelling is exceptional i mean Thank it you. really is and it's it pairs cool. so well with this poem um so yeah i i you know wish you guys the the best of luck with this i hope everyone is ordering it or on march 22nd is is going out and and uh getting a copy of it it's uh it's it's phenomenal uh ness anything else like um before i let you you guys uh continue on your afternoon here um that you want folks to know about etheris i want to talk about um just that it's you know it's it's uh, my favorite thing i've ever written it it's gonna hurt you it's gonna make you feel things um it's written in a way that you can apply yourself to the story, to Valerie's story and her pain and see, hopefully see yourself reflected in those pages that we've crafted. Um, I really wanted to make this book like a personal reading experience for everyone, um, leaving like uh, lots of gaps in her backstory so that you could kind of, you know, find it, find what works for you in, in that story and kind of, uh, you know, from what, from the people that have read it so far, the reaction has always been, they get something different out of the ending. They get a different feeling. Uh, they see their pain reflected in that and their trauma. And I find that very beautiful. And so I think it's, um, I believe we've created something good. <laughs> this is like, I, you know, unequivocally, I think we, we, I genuinely believe that Ethos is a good comic book and I would, you know, uh, love it if people gave it a read. It's on, you know, bookshelves and, and comic book shops on March 22nd. And uh, a lot of shops have actually picked it up, which is really amazing. So even if you haven't ordered by the FOC date, you might still get a chance to get yourself a copy if you go to your local comic book shop. Awesome. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask, you know, the, the, with your work that I've read so far, it feels, you know, very personal. Um, and the way you talk about it, it I mean, it's, it's, it, it is very, you know, personal in terms of how these, what these poems are, are born from the things you've gone through in your life. And I, reading it, I was thinking, 
not just because of Valerie's death, but the the concept of like the death of the author that you you put all your heart and soul or you know into something, but the audience can kind of once they have it, they can interpret it like any way they they want. Um, are you? When you have you ever had somebody or or if someone were to say, oh, I got this out of it and just not anything you were going for. Like, are you precious about that at all? Or are you do you want people to just take whatever it is they 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 can from it? Not at all. I, I actually like have this kind of fear of being perceived, which is why a lot of my stories are vague, <laughs> because like what I'm sharing is very personal. <laughs> And I don't want someone to clock it. I don't want someone to understand exactly what I was talking about or understand my pain. You know, it feels very, um, very private. Um, but mm-hmm. I want to share that story. I want to share what I've what I've experienced, what I what I'm thinking, and doing so in these kind of stories is a way for me to do so. And I'm, I'm just doing my part in sharing my story in this kind of medium. And whatever someone gets out of it, that is their own interpretation and their experience. And I'm glad that they felt you know, that they connected with it in, in any way. But to, okay. put my yeah, I mean, soul, to bear my soul out there in a very direct way, is it's terrifying for me. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I, w- I would have to think that, that that would be the case. Um, but, you know, I thank you. I, re- I, I, I appreciate that answer. Um, so Dennis, you know, since Ines is the writer and, and, you know, gets to put the words on the page, um, you know, but we'll, we'll let you have the last word in the podcast, though. And uh, anything else to add about Etheris? <laughs> uh, don't give me the last word. <laughs> well, you know, it's, 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 uh, I, I think um, the 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 stuff you just uh, discussed. It's not like you're reading about, you know, the author's tragedy. Uh, I had my own interpretation of the story as well. I didn't I, I didn't feel like I was reading just what Anas was trying to, to tell you. Um, I think um, there's, there's, there's something for every, everyone here. I think it's very relatable. I, I like comic books with relatable characters or stories. And uh, I think this is very relatable as well. And, um, you know, if you like uh, some trippy dreamscape uh, artwork and, uh, I don't know, um, weird stuff, then please, please pick it up. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, I, I agree. If you like um, weird, trippy dreamscapes and uh, excellent poetry and um, an experience that I don't think you're going to find in too many other comic books on, on the shelves, um, you should definitely pick it up. But um, uh, Anes and uh, Dennis, thank you so much for joining me today on the Cryptid Creator Corner. Uh, for listeners, um, if you like the podcast and, uh, you know, rate and review and subscribe do all those other things but um etheris is going to be out from source point press in comic book shops on march 22nd uh you can go and pick up a copy and i encourage you uh to do so it is it's just a a a fantastic book that i i really felt kind of um i don't know challenged me to really dig into valerie's story um, I think Dennis's artwork is uh, exceptional. I think Dennis is going to be uh, very busy. So if there's any writers listen to this, like reach out <laughs> to Dennis because he's going to get booked up when when folks start seeing this. Yeah, you better um, be quick about it. He's already booked up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I wish you both the best of luck. I um I just really adored this story, and I think there's so many unique elements in it, and uh, it's so much more than. 
you know, uh, like Valerie's Valerie story. I think somebody can find just, just about anything in there, um, and, and can relate to it. So I think it is, uh, relatable, even though it's kind of like fantastical and it's setting. So again, um, Anessa and Dennis, thank you very much for joining me today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. And again, for Comic Book Eddie's Crypto Creator Corner Podcast, I am Jimmy Gasparro. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and uh, I will see you next time. Bye, everybody. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Crypto Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment, action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. 